It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Luke, Ryan, Cody, and another Cubs loss. Four games under 500, the low point on the season. My voice is going, will it make it through the end of the show? That is the large debate. Is it? Cody? Well, it's not a large debate. It's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Barely going to make it. Uh, My voice is about as effective as I thought the Cubs lineup was going to be tonight. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I abstain from who you got yesterday because they were playing Fromber Valdez. In this game, I should have abstained when I saw the lineup. I don't know why it was put together like that. I know there are certain days when you don't have your best stuff. Offense is already a problem for this team. That lineup had very little chance of producing enough runs to win a major league game. That's That's just the truth. Yeah. Um, well, first off, leading off magical again when, you know, his on-base percentage below 300, pretty sure. Uh, he's reliant on getting hits. He doesn't get – when he doesn't get hits, he is – there's no value with him. Um, so that's your, your your first problem when you first see the lineup tonight. Um, I didn't hate seeing Master Boney in there. Uh, but I don't like seeing him and Madrigal in the same lineup. Considering you you were going to sit Bellinger tonight, I don't care if the matchup doesn't fit well for Wisdom or not. You got to put Wisdom in the lineup because if you don't have Bellinger's power threat, then where are you getting it? And that's why I wanted Wisdom or Mancini in there. I'm, I'm I mean that's I'm I'm yelling about you know something. I'm at, I'm yelling about apples and oranges at this point when it comes to this. But I'm just saying, like, that's – I think you have to do that given the circumstances. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand tonight's lineup. And as soon as the lineup came out, I bet the Astros to win. So uh, – and it wasn't even close. So. Rhonda agrees with a super chat from Steve Kaysen. I didn't have time to watch the game today, but I can tell by the scoreboard the last few days is we stinks where the dogs go. Well, one the big One's on the, the one aisle. of the biggest dogs is hurt. Yeah. They need yeah. Nico back. And they need Bellinger back. The good news I will say, listen, the good news is David Ross said he was walking around a little stiff today, the the, the knee, but thinks he's gonna be okay. Seems like it's all right. 
they avoided something serious. Yeah. That's good news because they can't lose that bad either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, they faced it, a really good pitcher tonight. They and that's, did. That, that also, like, like, I didn't have any hope, much hope at all about winning tonight, not only because of the lineup, but also because Christian Javier is really good. And, you know, hey, we had, we had our guy going, Justin Steele, who's been great, had an ERA under two coming into this game. But when you... <laughs> When you ha- when you put out a lineup like that, man, with Magical, Master Boney, Hosmer, and Barnhart, and credit to Barnhart, he he worked two walks tonight, um, and Master Boney got a hit, fine. Uh, either way, you just didn't really have any offense. You were you really struggled. They really struggled to generate any offense really at all outside of Mervis hitting his first career homer, and then in the ninth inning, say Suzuki hits, you know the the meaningless homer, uh, that I hope you know. He's got two homers in three games. So I'm hoping that that translates and we see more of that. But listen, Master Boney got the one hit that I've mentioned twice now. And then what happened? Eric Hosmer hits in double play. Like, and I called it. You called the, You called Morell's homer last yeah. night. I called Hosmer hitting nah. into a double play. I said seconds before. Literally be fair, seconds before. To be fair, his call was a little like a little. Mine was, it was twice, more unlikely. By the way. It was more unlikely. I was to before. happen than, than your well, than your call. We're laughing, but like, yeah. I also I mean, at the same jo- time, it's like, why is Eric Hosmer on this roster? Thank you. I mean, I'm I'm not. I don't love like lineup discourse because there's, for, again, like we talked about yesterday, is like there's things that guys are dealing with that we don't know about, and David Ross isn't going to tell us. Like yeah. he said on on the score this morning or this afternoon, um, someone had sent in a question uh, asking like why Hab wasn't in the left field. And David Ross basically said like. He's dealing with some stuff. Wanted to get him off his feet, you know. But it's you know kind of what we suspected was the reasoning behind it. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't love talking lineups because we don't know exactly what is going on in the clubhouse, what players are dealing with, whether that's physically off the field, whatever. But when you look at the lineup they put out, it's about as as unpromising of a lineup as they could have made with their current roster. It, it really was. Yeah, it, 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 so it, it's malpractice. You can call it. That. So it's it, it wasn't. It was obviously not a good lineup going in. Didn't inspire a ton of confidence, and it was a pretty lackluster performance. You know, I know Mervis got the home run. Say I hit a home run and a meaningless home run, but it was the home run nonetheless for for him and the his where he's still at that point where he's still trying to get into season mode. Even though we're mid May, like he's still kind of getting into season mode, like. To see another home run is obviously very good for Sayed. No matter what the score, the re- no matter what the rest of the game told you, he what the score was. The ball. Yeah, he, yeah. he, that, he, got, he ball. got he got a good launch angle. He got a home run, so that's good in itself. Matt Mervis again, yeah, his first home run. Um, obviously, well, congrats Mervis to him because that's great. Run, it, was, it, it tied the game. It was a big. Yeah, right, it was a big. We'll get to that later, <laughs> Cody. Whatever. Yeah, don't. He'll <laughs> <laughs> Luke will talk about that, but just. You knew going in that it was going to be a tough one against a good pitcher, uh, especially with the lineup they put out, and it kind of just went exactly how we thought. As soon as Steele – it felt like going in like Steele was going to have to put up a re- another really good performance. And I, I, you don't fault him because he's been so good this year that, like, every pitcher has bad games. Every pitcher has clunkers, and that's just the way baseball goes. Like, no one – if they had his worst start yeah, of the season if, on Saturday. If they pitch 30-some – they pitch – make 32 starts a year 
a bunch of those are going to be not good. Like that's just how it goes because that's baseball and not, you know, even your best starter doesn't have it every time he goes out. And that was steel tonight. Otani was um, awful so, yesterday. So that was steel to tonight. You know, to put it into perspective. That was steel tonight. Just didn't have it. And when you have the lineup that they put out there backing him up, it kind of felt like as soon as the runs were given up, it was like, the, what was it, a three-run lead after that inning? Four-run lead, whatever it was, might as well have been eight. Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like it was going to take a lot for them to get back in that game once Steele gave up all the runs that inning. And turns out, like, that was pretty much over after that. The yeah. only way for the chat to survive tonight is to make fun of us, I understand. Are they? Steve Case in the super chat. They're the Cubs have been 0-3 since Cody Think stopped wearing sh- pants. Shorts. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and <laughs> I, I think it was Debbie said in the chat, she that's said, let's, true, be on- let's be honest. The Cubs have two players that would be in the Astros lineup. I, I, I'm not. They won the World Series. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I know it's a flawed team. I know they're not as good as what the Astros should sure, be by play, the end of the season. If, if Nico was healthy, they would have. They'd play him at second in place of Altuve. Fair, but then you can also say, would he play? Would a healthy Nico play over a healthy Altuve? Would Dansby That's play over Pena? A lot, a lot of teams could use a Nico Horner. A lot of teams. I mean, the Astros have some players. That's, they just won the World Series. Yeah, so the Astros course, have yeah. some players. Now, somebody else in the chat, uh, there was another super chat that we missed earlier, right? We had one from Mariano to Makes sense to put Hosmer in a must-win game. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a must-win game, but I, I yeah. It was a game that they needed to get right, but with that lineup, the moment they put it out, it's like, ugh. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so uninspiring, right? Like, right. That's what I'm saying. The lineup, the thing is, the thing is about the four guys that we mentioned: Madrigal, Masturbony, Barnhart, and Hosmer. I get playing Barnhart. You can't play Gomes every day. That's fine. Mm-hmm. All right, but when you're playing Eric Hosmer and your DH eighth, like, how telling is it? How telling is it comparably to how bad his season has been that you're playing your DH eighth? You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's you're, you're, is there a date? Is there a date on the contract that you gave him? Like, oh, we'll give you two till, till this. Like, what? I don't know. That's the thing. This team has three first basemen on it right now. I did say, though. I think last week that I think if they were to let Hosmer go, I don't think it'll be before Memorial Day. Yeah, well, we're getting up on there right now. We're getting closer yeah. to it now. People were saying like after he's had a month, he's had a month, and I knew it wasn't happening in the first yeah. month. I think more realistic is June first. I'm my 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 outburst here for Eric Hosmer. He didn't do no. Anything. He didn't cost him the game tonight. He didn't cost them the game no. tonight. I'm just saying like him being in the lineup, it doesn't scare teams anymore it's it and honestly like it air cosmer like i've said before has cost the cubs games he didn't cost them a game because of a situation or anything but he's basically uh an automatic out in the in the lineup these days he just basically is he hit a into a double play when the cubs had a you know they had a runner on they had a, they got a leadoff walk or no it was a one out walk whatever you're trying to generate some offense with the top of the order coming up. What's he do? It's into an inning-ending double play. Like, it, it's just – it's it's it ruins any kind of momentum that you had. And that's just – that's the thing about Eric Hosmer that I've complained about for the last month, for sure. I think one thing that uh, – about the, the, the Eric Hosmer thing is that 
Ross, when Mervis came up, the whole thing was, you know, he's gonna be, he's gonna play almost every day. Hosmer's gonna move more into a, a bench role. Uh, he didn't specifically say like Rios's role, mm-hmm. um, but I think you could kind of interpret that as like if he's gonna be sitting the bench, especially when you have Mancini and Mervis at first base for the most part. That would take away a lot of a lot of playing time for Eric Hosmer. Um, and it just, I, I haven't looked at how many games he's played, but it feels like he's playing a lot more than he, than what it, it felt like when Mervis got called up, like the way Ross described it, it felt like he was going to be playing the Rios role. Like maybe mm-hmm. he, maybe instead of coming in as like a lefty bat, like maybe a defensive substitution or whatever, whatever it is. Right. But he's getting a lot more playing time than I think we expected. And that's another part that goes to it is like, if you're going to have the three first basemen on the roster, I think the three guys, the two guys that should be playing the most are going to be Mancini and Mervis, whether you, you know, whoever plays first in DH that, that game, right? Yeah. Hosmer, I mean, you get him in once a week, okay, I think people wouldn't be too upset by it. I think people will be upset about it regardless. Depend, but depends on how the team's playing. Depends on how the team's playing. But, like, if you play in one out of seven games, like, as long as you have that, as long as it's not taking the time away from Mervis, right? Yeah. Then I think people are, I think people are less upset Again, about that. Again, I'm I, not even, like, I'm, but, I'm not upset about him in game tonight, it's just when you don't have Co- Cody Bellinger or Nico Horner, and you put him in when you bench Patrick Wisdom and Trey Mancini, and you've lost what three in a row now, four in a row. Like that's the thing is this yeah. this team they're they're not playing well right now. Now they're four games under five hundred, but coming into this, like you're playing a, the the reigning World Series champs, and you decide to to put out this lineup. I, that's to me. It's it's just like you you threw this one away. That's why it's really hard for me to even like be as mad as I was last night. I, I like the moment they put the lineup out. I did the cla- the 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 bit. It's a good day to go one and zero. And then I complained about the lineup within like <laughs> twenty minutes. I I I don't know. I don't. I had no confidence winning tonight's game whatsoever. <laughs> and usually when it goes like that. The Cubs actually win the game, but like that didn't go that didn't go that way tonight, and that's because they played a elite team. And when you when you're the Cubs and you have all these things going on right now, if you care about winning baseball games, you put the best lineup out there, and they just didn't do that. As for Hosmer, I mean, I I think we talked about it last week or maybe two weeks ago. Even we said, listen, he's he's in some ways becoming what Hayward was last season. The fans were getting frustrated that the guy was playing. Mm-hmm. He'd had a good major league career. He'd meant something, but he clearly is not the future, and you might as well play somebody else just to see what you can do, and it's only going to improve the team. Now, I would argue that it's some sort of hybrid now. Now it's becoming a hybrid of frustration when VR was playing, frustration when Hayward was playing, frustration when Andrelton Simmons was playing. It's that same type of veteran guy that just is clearly past the window and and they're just waiting for, like you said, some magical date to realize that this isn't this isn't working. I don't know what that date is. Barb in the chat said the Mervis home run was the only bright spot of the game. And and Rhonda agreed. Now I would say this. She said it was the only positive. For who you got, I would agree. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say here's one other thing. One other thing that I think was important in this game. One other thing that was important. <laughs> Steele didn't have a great game. Six innings, five earned runs. 
But the key number in that is not five earned runs. You know he's going to have a bad game. Like Ryan said, everybody has a clunker. He pitched six innings. The way this bullpen has been going and the way they've been using guys, and at least he saved the bullpen from pitching. You know, he could have been knocked out in the fourth inning or the third inning. He rallied to give them a few innings to save. Hopefully that has some benefit in the next couple days. That's all, that's all I can think of. I'll give him credit for going out there and battling. Yeah. It, no. wasn't, it, it wasn't his best game, no. but he was still able to get you six innings out of it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what, Birdie pitched an inning, Merriweather pitched an inning, so it's like a guy who's pretty much been relegated to low leverage outings and the guy who pitched for the first time since 2020. So it's like if you have a chance to win tomorrow, you have a pretty much rested bullpen. Like you have – Keegan, who hasn't he pitched on Sunday, yeah. but so that's two days in between. He probably is able to pitch tomorrow. Lighters there, like the guys you actually Lighter want to be fresh. Yeah, the guys you want to pitch tomorrow. Um, Adbert, I, I he may be up tomorrow. I, I don't know he for sure. One inning, um, fourteen pitches yesterday, so he should be up, right? So like the guys that are you want in those high leverage spots tomorrow should at least be ready to go tomorrow. So yeah, it's a credit to Steele for getting through at least six, keeping it to a point, even though. I think, obviously, the fact that the Cubs were pretty much out of it at that point led to the low leverage innings, yeah. and that, I guess, worked out in their favor somewhat. But he hadn't thrown a lot it. of pitches, really. No. no. Even when he got – even like the a bunch of those doubles were on, like, first pitch, second yeah. pitch, was, whatever it was. I was actually surprised that that inning happened because the first inning, I know we weren't really well, paying attention. Kevin, can we get the, uh, the, the pitch chart up real quick for what, what Steele that um, from that inning? Anyway, the first inning, it's not that he was bad – he allowed a leadoff double, and then uh, Dubon got went to third on a fly ball, uh, a deep fly ball, and then he struck. He still struck out Alvarez, but it was it was a wild pitch on, mm-hmm. on the strikeout, and so he scored. And so, out, other than that, he was great until that next time through the order, uh, and yeah, it like you know it just kind of spiraled. And it started with the hit by pitch. He hit Bregman, and well, so we got it. We got the pitch chart up right here. Right here. Uh, that that four seamer up in the zone that was to Alvarez. First pitch, meatball. You know, caught. It's not like he doesn't have the blazing velocity to just blow that past really anyone, not including not an awesome hitter like like Jordan Alvarez. But when you leave a, a, a ninety, it was like ninety two point seven something like that mile per hour fastball up, that's gonna get hit by a guy like Jordan Alvarez. The next pitch was that. Uh, slider, I want to say, yeah, slider that directly in the middle of the plate uh, to Kyle Tucker. Next pitch, first, so it was a first pitch double for him. Uh, he got a Brayu, the Pena ground out, and then Corey Jolks is how you say his name. I'm not sure, uh, mm-hmm. but he got that slider actually low, which isn't the worst pitch, but it was probably more of a good piece of hitting. But it's also <laughs> a slider going back towards the batter versus like a slider against a lefty. Golfed it. Um, yeah, kind of golfed went it. Opposite field and then Chaz opposite. McCormick was that fourth double, um, and that was the four seamer directly in the middle of the zone. So right. it was like meatballs, and like people are talking about um, Tucker Barnhart. You no, know, is it a is it a coincidence that Steele's worst start is on the day Tucker Barnhart catches him for the first time? Listen, I, I, the Cubs talk about him being good at like the soft factors of catching, and we can't quantify that. So I don't know how good he is at game calling or game planning or whatever. I don't I, I can't go and, and you can't like rewatch a replay and see was the game plan right. Like you can't do that, right? You, it's it's and then now they have pitch com, you can't really see what pitches are being thrown down there either. So you can't even go back and really see if the game the, the pitch you know, the, the calls were good. 
Um, but I guarantee you Tucker Barnhart didn't call meatballs right down the middle of the plate. <laughs> I guarantee you Tucker Barnhart did not mm. tell Justin Steele well, to throw all pitches right down. Inning. But that's what I'm if saying you, is if like you can't see if you couldn't see it and you're listening to this in podcast form, the graphic that Ryan tweeted, you can look on his Twitter if you want to see the specific thing. All four pitches are right down yeah. the center of the plate. Maybe not in the middle of the plate, but they're all they're over the middle of the plate. Too so, much plate. So, and so what I'm, what I'm with that I'm getting to is so I don't pin this on Tucker Barnhart being a terrible catcher, which people want to say. I, I don't, I don't know that because we don't have like he's not a great hitter. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but behind the plate, like I don't. He, t- he walked twice tonight. Yeah, Brian. Come um, on. but Put so but this is not this name. is this is steel leaving pitches where good hitters, especially a good lineup like Houston, is going to take advantage of it. And again, like it's not all Steele's fault. Like he's going to have this game. And because he's pitched so well, like you, this game was going to come at some point. He wasn't going to be perfect every time out. Um, but it goes also back to the point when he has a game like this where he leaves a few pitches up that get taken or uh, get hit, and the offense isn't there to back him up. Like that's yeah, the, that's the issue you run into a game like today. Right. No, I I hear you, and I for the most part agree with you on you know the steel and the Barnhart thing and. A lot of people were in my mentions about Barnhart giving him a lot of flack because for some reason the Cubs record when he catches isn't very good at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that with Steele, that was his one bad inning. He, w- I mm-hmm. mean, like Luke said, it was good that he was able to go deeper in the game so the bullpen wasn't completely taxed again. Uh, and so I'm just hoping he bounces back. The, the guy's been so good all year. I'm not gonna, not gonna dog on the guy. Also, he follows me on Twitter and he follows his podcast. I don't <laughs> want him to hate me. So, um, well, but it's yeah. not. Again, it's not. He's gonna have a game like this, and I'm sure he'll tell you he he didn't have his best stuff today. Yeah, especially in that inning, he holds himself accountable, yeah. and that's one of the things I like him. The the one thing that I've I've been I've been repeating this about Justin Steele all season is that when adversity comes. He has answered the call, and tonight he was—he didn't answer the call. I mean, he was able to give the guy, give the Cubs some innings. He gave him a decent outing outside of allowing the five runs. Yeah. I mean, he like, had what he, eight strikeouts. He was today. able to go deeper in the game, considering how bad it was, and like considering where the Cubs are right now, they needed it. So mm-hmm. fine. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I won't even I, say it was a clunker of an outing. It was a clunker of an inning. He left some pitches yeah. up that got hit. And he still had he eight gets, strikeouts and a walk right. and six innings, as Luke said. So he's so going to get the Phillies this weekend, and we'll see how he responds. I'm excited to see it. Boy, a lot of people angry at David Ross. Everyone's angry at David Ross. Ross is not a good manager. Ross is <laughs> going to get fired. Um, we had a super chat uh, just a little bit earlier talking about Ross. Was it about the non-replay? Well, that, that was right after. Ross now has a track record of bonehead moves, whether it's the bullpen or the lineup. It's time to move on. I wouldn't trust him driving a Prius from Mariano. And right after that, Craig Brindle points out, he says, McCormick did not catch that Swanson ball. Ross should have challenged it. He doesn't stand up for his players. I disagree, I disagree with yeah. that last part. Yeah. I, mean, I disagree with the last part of it. They, I, can't, I think it may have hit the wall. It may have. And, and, I mean, At that point in the game, I don't know why they don't just replay Like, why they just didn't have him replay it anyway. They were down, what, five, five to one, six to one, something like that? I I will say that the rules that they're enforcing pretty strictly now, uh, and this is I'm looking at the athletic. Um, they have so instead of they used to have ten seconds before they even had to decide whether to signal, but they never like to even like stop play. 
Um, now managers need to hold up their hands immediately after a play to signal to the umpires that they're thinking about challenging. So even to, to think about challenging, you have to hold up your hand right away. That's then a long have, way away to be sure enough to hold up your hand. Then you have 15 seconds. Once their hand goes up, the umpire starts a 15-second play clock. But if the manager wants to challenge, he has to decide before the clock hits zero, which means he has maybe like 14 and a half seconds-ish to like make up his mind. And it's not David Ross watching the replay. It's uh, some assistant in the replay booth or wherever they're sitting doing all this. So if they don't get the right replay on time or the closest replay to really show whether that ball was caught, right. like you have 15 seconds really to decide that. And that's not a lot of time when you're calling up, you're calling up to the booth, booth's calling, you know, get, relaying information, watching the replay. Like that's not a lot of time. So I don't fault David Ross for not getting, you know, just the, the knowing if he should call, challenge it or not in time. Now, if you want to make the argument that at that point in time, just make the challenge anyway. Like, that's if that's your argument. I'm not going to, like, disagree. But I don't know that I agree with that either. I don't know that you – I mean – I don't know that you waste a challenge in a game that theoretically you could still come back in, waste a challenge at that point in time on a ball that – Admittedly. Was also on a ball that was called and out to begin with. Like, if there wasn't right, enough right. evidence to overturn it, yeah. then it becomes even harder to justify just calling that challenge on a whim. Admitted, but Admittedly, you know, when we watched it live – I didn't think that the ball hit the wall. I thought it was out, too. I thought it was just an unreal play and that I'm just pissed off at the baseball gods because we ain't getting a break. <laughs> but then I watched the replay, and it's like, ah, I think you can – you think you it looked like maybe it hit the wall? I don't know if they would have – It was a nice it. play. Yeah, it was unreal. It, it, it was an unreal play, honestly. And it would have changed the game, too, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Would have had the, would have, the Cubs would have been in business, a couple guys on, maybe the guy that was on first when Swanson hit it. Um, maybe w- he scores on it but if yeah. it drops. but Would have changed who you got for sure, too. <sighs> Super chat. Steven Nagashi. all we have left in 2020. David Ross in the front office trying to milk the 2016 Grandpa Rossi as much as possible. Ross is a useful puppet. Right, I don't know how it's going to – I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Fuss Fix keeps telling me I'm like six years old and that's past my curfew. Someone <laughs> said, "Bless your I heart." Luke. Someone is slandering someone besides me. I might have to leave soon. He's got to bless your me heart. Since yesterday. <laughs> uh, so, well, let me tell you what say. nobody's yeah, ever going to slander: man. Goose Island, the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988, the official beer of CHGO, beer roster of the Goose IPA, the Tropical Beer Hug, one of Cody's favorite, the 312 Weedale. It's been a while since he put it in the old beer bat, but hopefully tomorrow. Is that uh, of your? Favorite ones to put in the beer bat to chug. Which one has gone down the smoothest for a chug? That one that uh, me and Brendan did last week. Was it the beer hug? No, 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 no. The it green was, one. It's like the. Know. It's like that can that's over on the floor right now that I had tonight. I forgot huh. what it's called. I don't know what it's called. Um. Now I feel really Kevin, bad. Mm. What's what's the Goose Island can that's green over on the floor? <laughs> You want me to go up? Yeah, what, go, what's go, go find it. Yeah. While Luke... <laughs> we got to know good. what it is. That's not in my job description. Check it out anyways. <laughs> Grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. He's going over to check out what Cody was drinking today. Full Pocket Pilsner. Full Pocket Pilsner. That is exactly what it was. Yeah. So that was the smoothest beer chug for you. Yeah, 
That's uh, that's the one that I'll be going to moving forward if we ever win a game again. They're going to win some games. <laughs> Don't worry. Becky says, go get Madden. Cody should fix the Cubs. Anyways. Uh, hey, also, you want to get fit out with the best sports gear around? Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. We got some sweet bobbleheads from the folks at FOCA, let me tell you. Have you seen, uh, is it in the back? There's the West Nesky in the middle. Yeah. Uh, we also okay. got uh, Clark. The big Clark the Cub is nice. It's back there. Yeah, hey, that's for the kids. Uh, it's spring. It's baseball season. They got the Aloha shirts, the straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game, set decorations. Thank you very much. Check out FOCO.com. Click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Thank you very much, Foco. Uh, Foco here. Spin zone to the night. I yeah. Am, I am up 50 bucks from yesterday. You won your hit parlay, right? Hit parlay hit. Astros minus one and a half. <laughs> he did. He did. Cody did bet against the Cubs. I did. Well, sometimes you got to sacrifice your team for your wallet. Was it? What do you call it? Emotional hedge. Emotionally hedge yourself. Yeah. I should have put my entire bank account on it. That's how much of a lock <laughs> it was. Shane just played the catch in slow mo. Says. It's super close. I think it may have hit the wall, but I'd bet my house that the umpires rule it as stands. That. And yeah. I kind of felt like that, too. I, I mean, my my thing, and Ryan, you, you, you explained it well on the process. Like, if they would have been able to just challenge it, just to challenge I mean, it's not like it was – it wasn't a game tying move or anything like, or a game changing play in a way. I mean, it could have, if the Cubs could have rallied up some more hits, but you know, it was like five to one, six to one. I don't know. Like it, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't again, have much it's, thoughts on it anymore. It's one it of those where <laughs> I'm not like, I don't really have a stance on the argument of he should just do it to do it or not. Like I, I don't, know that I disagree in that situa- specific situation, but I also don't know if I agree with it, you know? like, But I, again, I'm coming from the point of, like, I can't blame Ross for not doing it because knowing how little time there is to actually look at that replay, mm-hmm. he may he may just not... Like, it, it's one of those things where, again, like, he, they just don't know in time if it, was, if it hit the wall or not, and then at that point, they definitely don't know if the umpire is going to overturn that. It's one of those, like... Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, like, use the challenge in that situation because you might not have an opportunity later. But you also don't know that you won't have the opportunity later. So, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird situation, in my opinion. Uh, by the way, Fussfix says, love you, Ryan. Just being silly. Full respect. Full respect. Thank you. Full respect. He, he doesn't uh, have any respect for me. Congratulations. Yeah, he, Must be nice to be respected. But he, I shouldn't be exposed me. to Cody's <laughs> upskirt, it says. <laughs> Because of the shorts. Man, you, the shorts are just taking a hit this season. They're not going anywhere, folks. No. It's, it's only going to get warmer. three since I started wearing shorts. No, I've been wearing shorts for the last, like, three weeks. Did you wear them on the show? Two seasons. Yeah. I wore shorts all last summer. Well, they that's lost, not a, defen- that's a, not a defense. Like, they, 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 they might be onto something. Yeah, you got to start wearing pants, man. <laughs> James, James Ward, I'm not, I'm not reading James Ward's current comment, but his previous <laughs> comment was good that the only positive is his wife is making brownies right now. There you go. Man, I love a good brownie. Cass is at home making cookies, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're killing me. And I'm definitely getting a big giant slice of pizza on the way home to make mm. me feel better. <laughs> I'm a sad sack of shit. Yeah, but a good uh, uh, warm 
chocolate brownie. Do you like chocolate chips in your brownies? Let me tell you, it doesn't matter. The only thing you don't want in your chocolate chips, don't put nuts in your chips. Mm, no. It no. just ruins it. Yeah. Total disaster. Uh, Anyways. It's May 16th, and we're talking about food. As you were, is the Brewers game over? They won? Ooh. Let's check. Yeah, I believe the Cardinals Before lost. we look at it, would you rather have the Brewers win or Cardinals win tonight? If you're looking I'm starting well, to worry that the Cardinals are going to get hot. I'd actually rather have the Brewers win. I was saying you're looking at it as like Pirates lost. Cody said, "What did you say earlier for like your emotional?" Garrett agrees with me. Like sanctity or something. Like you needed the Cardinals to win. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, no, you needed the Brewers to win. Yeah, I need the oh, Brewers you, to win tonight <laughs> for my own mental yeah, health. Yeah, yeah, but for the standings, you would definitely want the yeah. Cardinals to have won that game. We've got a special guest in the chat, Mayor Elect Brandon Johnson. I don't Is know. it <laughs> Mayor? Not. Actually, Mayor Brandon Johnson. He got inaugurated. Yeah, he's not mayor elect anymore. He is. Craig he is agrees with me. Nuts and chocolate chip cookies, disgusting. Nuts and brownies, disgusting. Are you going to Demos for that slice? No, it's. I think it's. I, I said it to Kevin earlier when we were on the couch. Uh, I think it's called Bocchi's. Bocchi's. It's on Halstead. And they just got these. It's more New York style because it's like. So is Demos, really, kind of right? Slice. Well, like Demos is not as big as like. Like, this is a huge slice. Yeah. Like, where it's, you got to hold it with your forearms. And they give you, they put it in a box, like a triangular box. So, like, I don't know. Demos, they put it on a plate and say, fuck you and take it. Cole you know says I mean? uh, nuts and brownies, heinous. That's right. Um, should we talk about morale a little bit? Striking out a lot? Yeah. I think, and. Is that I, a concern? Well, I know it's no. a concern. I, it's a concern in that it's not like this is. The first time he's it's happened, you know, like yeah. he struck out a lot his first or his last couple months of last season. He struck out a lot in spring training. Um, strikeout rate obviously was a little lower in AAA, but that you know that you're hitting in AAA, you're one of the best hitters in AAA at that point. Like the strikeout rate should be lower, um, but he comes up, and I believe this is updated right now, and his okay. Well, now my computer's not working. Uh, his strikeout rate's forty three point three percent, and I mean. It's only seven games, 30 plate appearances, not the end of the world, but knowing that Morrell, knowing that Morrell was a high strikeout player last year, I mean, you're seeing it a lot, right? Like, you're seeing the aggressive, aggressive swings, and when he hits the ball, he smokes. I don't know what his um, ball, he had a hit in the eighth or ninth inning, right? I don't he know. He had a hit in the ninth inning before Suzuki hit the home run. Yeah, so, he, okay, the double 105.2 mile per hour exit velo. So when he gets a hold of the ball, he smokes it. Yeah. But he's also – there are a lot of points where he's not getting a hold of the ball. It's like the home run yesterday we talked about. Like, that was a lot of what Morrell is in a nutshell. Like, two two really aggressive swings that he just swung through the ball. A third one where he managed to tip the ball and then got a hold of one that the pitcher made a mistake on and crushed it. That that That's Christopher Morrell. And so I guess my question to you guys is how much – how much can you take – how much can you accept the balance of a, that high of a strikeout rate? I think it will come down eventually, um, especially as he gets readjusted to major league pitching. I don't think it's going to be 43% for the entire season. Someone in the chat says a home run, a double, and eight strikeouts in his last but, ten. So what I'm yeah. saying is how much do you – how much can you take that balance of he's going to strike out at a really, really high number, but when he when he gets a hold of the ball, he's going to smoke it? Like, how, like where do you kind of – start to question, like, okay, what needs to be adjusted? Well, I, 
my thing is, you know, everyone wants to compare this guy to Javi Baez so much because of their personalities and such. I mean, Javi Baez, I think his last year before during the, the, the season that the Cubs traded him for PCA in 2021, I think he ended up leading baseball and strikeout rate around somewhere just north of 30%. So, to me, considering how this roster is constructed, I think you just got to live with the good and live with the bad because this team just doesn't have a lot of power. And <clears throat> you hope that he strikes out. Yeah. He gets that strikeout rate mm -hmm. down to, you know, around 30%. Not 43, obviously, but 30%. And you live with the good and live with the bad. You just, you're just going to have to if you care about winning baseball games. Uh, he's... I know it, what three times today, three times yesterday. I'm pretty sure too. Um, you're also facing Framber Valdez and Christian Javier. You know what I mean. So, I uh, am I. I don't know if you're asking me if I'm like worried or if what what I well, think. What I mean, do I think the Cubs should do? No, like, no, no it's he, more should, of more of an, and this goes to someone. I don't know who it was, but someone said like we shouldn't worry about morale till he gets 150 plate appearances. He has a lot more than that at the major league level. Which is why I'm like He's probably not, talking about like today. Well, what I'm saying is like I'm not season. I'm not sure, sure I'm not saying like dive deep into Mervis because he only has like 38 plate appearances at the major league level. We have a lot more of a sample size of of Morrell and what he is a major league baseball player. We have a lot more of a sample size on that. Yeah. What I'm saying is right now, it it is very early in his second stint in the majors. He obviously was adjusted to AAA pitching and now he's getting readjusted to major league pitching. I'm saying when he does get to that. 100 150 plate appearance mark where like what is when how do we balance the strikeouts versus the raw power where does it get to a point where you get that many plate appearance but then you start saying he's still striking out i don't know 36 percent of the time how can is that tolerable if he if he hits so and so home runs right like when like it's a weird balance right i, I don't even know if there's a perfect answer to that but I'm like I'm trying to think about think like it, it when he when he gets to that point of the season where he has a lot of those those major league mm -hmm. at bats in 2023, if he's still start striking out a lot, how do you answer the question? How do you how do you help him adjust in that? Like because he, he's going to be who he is, yeah. he's going to swing it a lot and he's going to crush the ball when he connects, but he's going to strike out a lot. So I'm, I'm like yeah. and I don't want to adjust who he is because who he is is like this energetic vibe. Right. Yeah. Somebody player, said he needs right? to play with calm. I don't know if I. I don't, I know he takes the breath, and that's true. He tries to calm himself down, but I don't want to take away his energy. Just like Javi, I didn't want to take away. You know, he made some plays on the base pass and, and whatnot that you'd say, ah. But you, when, when a guy's like that, I don't necessarily want to take that away from him because part of it's what makes him special as well. Um, yeah. I don't know. By the way, we've got, we still got like 116 people watching. Love it. So shout out to the chat for being loyal Cubs fans. And, you know, if you like brownies or chocolate chip cookies, hit the like button while yeah, you're there. Yeah, we need some I, likes. Only 22 of them. Yeah, more likes. I, likes. I guess my point was not to – we're not pressing the panic button right now. You're not hitting, like, do we need to send him back to AAA, right? Do the Cubs need to So you're not ready back? to answer the no, question yet. No, no, no. But I'm saying it will get to a point and what is like the the x variable and the y variable to where you feel like you actually need to address it i guess that's my point and again like i don't know that it's that there's going to be a perfect answer right i yeah. cuz that's who he has who he is as a player but that's like the thoughts that run through my mind is 
do you are you fine with him striking out four times in one game because he had a home run also, right? Like, yeah. that's that's the balance that I'm like again. I don't know if it's a good answer for it, but I'm also like, how are the Cubs? How will the Cubs balance that? I guess is maybe the better way to put it. I mean, maybe it how comes, should they? Maybe it comes down to, and maybe this is more down the line in the future when hopefully the Cubs have, you know, a little bit more depth, a lot more in some of their prospects up. So I'm thinking more mm-hmm. so in 2024, 2025. Uh, but maybe it gets to a point where they treat Morel like kind of like how they do with Wisdom, where they use him more matchup based. Um, Could be, and I'd be fine with that if 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 he never is able to cut down on the strikeouts the way that we need him to be. You know what I mean? And my going back to what I was saying is that I think a lot of good comes from him mm-hmm. and it outweighs the bad and I, honestly the bad from christopher morell is just the strikeouts and the yeah. fact that despite the fact that he is versatile defensively it's not that he, he he's not very elite anywhere maybe i mean you're not going to do it anyway because nico horner is going to ma- be man in second base for years to come but the only positions that i've seen him play very well defensively have been shortstop and second base and those spots are taken so if he can just be an average defender wherever you put him and continues to show uh, lots of power and uh, the ability to get extra base hits and, and you know, bring that quote-unquote en- energy that we keep talking about, I think that outweighs the strikeouts. And on a good team, you're not going to put Morel number three in the lineup. Hell, I, when Nico's back, like we've talked we talked about a little bit yesterday, like maybe, like maybe you can put him – you know, back in the nine hole, or I know we've already, we talked, I think me and Brendan talked about, would you put Morrell leading off just because it gets the most play appearances and all this and that. Uh, and, and, you know, he, I think he has a little bit of a, high, or Brennan feels a lot higher on Morrell than maybe some other people. I don't know. But like, I do think that again, the, the good outweighs the bad and uh, he ain't going to be in the, batting third in the lineup it, it outweighs the bad especially now it's what we were talking about last night where I said I still lean towards player development as much as mm-hmm. I don't want to say it I still lean towards player development this season over must have wins sneak into the playoffs like do anything you can I need to see what Morrell is yeah. that's why I wanted him up like yeah. he's shown you the power he's shown you the energy and yes he's shown you the strikeouts yeah well as Craig continues to point out in the chat. He does still have a 202 WRC plus. So the good is obviously still good when it's yeah. when it's going, right? When he's yeah. again, when he's hitting the ball. He, a, he was their whole getting, offense before tonight he was their whole offense for 3 yeah, games. Like like I don't know, I actually haven't looked, but I would assume he has more extra base hits than singles at this point, right? Yeah. Um so when is when he's good, like it's the good is good when he's making contact. It's just yeah, again, I'm not I'm not hating the panic button by any means. He's 30 plate appearances into the season. You're gonna give him time, and, and over that time, that it's like it's not like a you hope like the strikeout rate absolutely has to come down because you can't. I don't know if you can sustain the good stuff that he's doing with a with a bad that low, with a strikeout rate that high. So he needs to that strikeout rate needs to come down. But again, it goes to my point is like when does it get to a point where the Cubs feel like they need to address it? I don't know what that point is. I don't know that they do either, but if the strikeout rate doesn't come down, it may 
come to that point. How yeah. about the just being at the major league level and taking advice from guys like Nico yeah. and guys like Bellinger and kind of seeing how they take at bats? And Ian Happ, who's taken a lot more walks to start the year, I think that that might and keeping him up just for that keeps him good. That, right? that being around the veterans and, and learning play yeah. discipline is you're right, Cody. I think really that's his only major flaw right now, and it's yeah. it's a, not a glaring one at the moment, but it, it could get to that it point. Could, uh, again, if it, we're it's, sitting here in July and the strikeout rate is still above forty percent, then like right, bad. yikes! Yeah. No but at least I mean? you'll have at least you'll potentially have that return. You'll have that answer. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be the return or the answer, right? But it's still need to find out about it. Yeah. Because like you said, this team is not a World Series team, and at his current status, and he's a young player, he doesn't have a specific spot on the team. Doesn't mean he couldn't. Doesn't mean he couldn't develop into that, but that's what you're trying to get. You're trying to develop into something where you can say, you know what, let's stick Morel at third base for the future. Yeah. And and you, and we also have to remember, he is 23. We'll be 24 I think, sometime in Soon. Something like that. Yeah. Either 24 or 23 <laughs> right now. I know it's yeah. his birthday. So, he, there's a lot. There's obviously a lot to like. He's Someone in the chat said something about how he has raw tools. Like, yeah, he has, he has a lot of raw, uh, you know. The raw power the is raw just. The raw power and is unreal. So impressive. It yeah. really is. That's what I'm saying. It's the raw. And, like, again, it's a weird balance because you don't want to make him stop being him, you know? Right. Like, you don't want to take that power away from him. I but just feel like we're talking about Javi Baez. Gary and Craig, <laughs> yeah. Gary and Craig are saying Steele had the flu today. Yeah, David Ross on Justin Steele's performance after battling flu-like symptoms in tonight's start. So, See, so again, that's why I'll say six innings isn't nothing. Like, there, there are – they're positives. No. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, are – I'm, I'm not – listen, I'm not trying to sugarcoat this game. I'm just saying – it was big that he went six innings. It was big that finally Mervis got on the board with a home run. Maybe it was big that Saya finally hit a home run, right? Like I, he's I don't got two know. Home runs in three games. Yeah. So, yeah. And this is actually a quote from Megan Montemurro, Chicago Tribune, from Steele. Uh, they did a good job of punishing me when I left stuff over the plate. I was happy with how I was able to settle down. I think that goes to what we said, right? Like, mm-hmm. I walked it back. It wasn't a complete clunker of a game. It was a clunker of an inning, and in that he just left pitches over the plate that got hit. That was that was the that was the that was the story of the game for Steele today. But he did, out. You said he had like a leadoff double or whatever it was early in the game. I don't even remember the first inning anymore. But like the first few innings were fine. The fourth inning was bad, and then he got two more after that. So it's like it was still a good outing, even if the even if the results. One where you feel worried about. No, 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 absolutely not. And I'm not. I I know our friend Michael Claude is in the chat, and he wants us to probably criticize him correctly. And I'm not saying that he's not that he doesn't deserve any criticism for tonight. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it it was his worst star of the year, and if that's his worst star of the year for the rest of the year, then you're probably pretty content with anything he gives you the rest of the year. So, yeah, it was, one, it was really honestly a one bad inning, and unfortunately all the Astros did tonight were hit doubles, literally. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had six <laughs> hits at one point, and all six were doubles. Yeah. Um, we're, we're trying to highlight anything that might be positive from this game, similar to what Comed high energy efficiency mm. lights are able to do. Highlight the good in our lives. Wow, Luke, what a not my voice, which is slowly disappearing. <laughs> the Comed energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's right. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting, 
and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, and industrial processes. Oh, how does it work, Luke? Well, Cody, an authorized engineer, works with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can do them in person or virtually. Either way works, about two hours. In three to four weeks, customers get a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. Each recommendation includes estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz, Luke? Yes, Cody. Get there and do it today. And uh, when you look at comed-powered lights, well, maybe you shouldn't look into them. But if you're going to, you should wear some Shady Rays. Luke does got a shady rays on today. Mine are, with today. Mine are over Put your my shady backpack. Rays on when you're go to they look can't at hide my fading board. voice, but they can hide my yeah. disappointment <laughs> in that game. I should have told Kevin to grab mine off the couch when he went over to get the beer can, but it's too late for that now. But shady rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an, is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, you can ask Luke. He's got them on his face right now. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't like your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And now exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Tater, we love you. Thanks for the comment. Did you say 200,000? I said 250,000. 250,000. 250, what did Tater Ta- say? Tater said... Uh, Scroll up a little bit, Kevin. One more. There it is. This is by far the best podcast for the Cubs. Don't y'all don't sugarcoat it, but always draw some positives, no matter how bad it is. Thank you for that, Tater. We love yeah. you. We love you, Tater. My favorite part of the loss was when it was over. The ma- mash taters, right? <laughs> it was a, mash it was taters. Your... It happened. Also, uh, update on my gambling. My my gambling. I am officially a hundred dollars up from yesterday. There you go. I won my no sweat NBA. <laughs> And I took the DraftKings special that me and Sean set on CHGO bets today. Jokic, 25 points, and LeBron, 20 points. Boost, boosted to plus 125. Oh, LeBron. Uh, anyway. By the way, the craziest thing of the night was us standing around watching the Bulls guys watch the draft lottery. That was fun. <laughs> and they thought, because they didn't put the Bulls logo up at 11, they thought it meant that the Bulls were top four. And... Running around, 
Big Dave was hugging. I thought he was going to squeeze Joey to death. He was so happy. Yeah. And then we realized, oh, wait a minute. They just put up the Orlando logo. <laughs> They're, they're not getting. They have no shot at Webb and Yama. Sums up. That sums up Chicago sports fans. Uh, uh, play, can the Bears save us? I hope so. Blackhawks. Bedard. Wait uh, for it. We did have a super chat. Uh, a couple Dard. super chats, right? Another super missed? chat here. I think we might have one or like two or three. Got a couple from Michael. Um, uh, Michael Morell Thiel. was striking out about thirty percent in AAA, and you thought it wouldn't go up with MLB pitchers. It got down to twenty eight. I don't. I don't know. Who, te- who, I don't know who thought that. Technical. I think. No. I. I knew there were going to be strikeouts. Yeah, we knew there I, were going to yeah. be strikeouts. I'm not. I. I asked for him to get it down to thirty percent. That's how much Javi Baez struck out as a Cub. Everyone wants Morel to be here. I want Morel to be here. I want Morel to be part of something of the next great Cubs team. The there is good, and I think it like the good that he brings outweighs the bad. And the only thing that you can look at at Morel when it comes to the bad is probably the high strikeout rate right now, outside of his average defense. And once this team is really a World Series contender, I guarantee you by then the Cubs will figure out will have figured out what positions they're going to play him at more often than not. So. Like Ryan said yesterday, as much as I still am on the, yes, I want to win games this year. Yes, I want to be playing meaningful games in September. As much as I am on that, I also agree this is the year to find out where you can play Morrell more often than not. So we're just going to have to let it play out. And it kind of goes into what I said about uh, last night as well on how should, should we question the front office for putting him in AAA considering how he is hitting right now. I don't know, but he's here, and, uh, you know, it's going to be in fun to watch him play the rest of the year because if this team really isn't good and really does fall off it, at least we'll have him. If he gets his strikeout rate down to 30% and, like, keeps it like that, combined with that power, that's that's pretty good, I think, for him. Yeah. I think it's pretty Even good if it him. got down to, like, 34, 35, that's I mean, that's how much Patrick Wisdom is striking out. You know what I mean? I think you want it to be lower, too. I'm Yeah, I want that to be lower. But they, like I literally said a few minutes ago, if they have to use a more matchup-based situations, like, I'm here for it. Rick says Morrell has four home runs and 26 bats. Barbara says Stucky wants to trade PCA for Otani. And Joe says, I agree with Luke, Barbara. (laughs) 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 That sums up our chat right there. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I'm trying to get rid of PCA. I'm just saying... If it took PCA to get Otani, I would be willing to make that sacrifice. Otani value not great right now. He gave up three bombs last night. See, everybody has a clunker. Yeah, they should. Sell and he high. didn't have the flu. Yeah, yeah, they should sell high. <laughs> Send him over. <laughs> I think no he also anymore. he also hit a 450 foot bomb yesterday. So he went he, out of the Orioles stadium, <laughs> out of Camden Yards. He hit it over the right center uh, fence, like over the ticket yeah. gate. Yeah. So he's all right. Uh, yeah, this game stunk, though. It was, uh, and now it was they got to go and avoid the sweep tomorrow. I don't know how to feel about it. Um, I'm hoping Bellinger is able to get back in the lineup tomorrow. Obviously, this team is just complete and order trash without Nico Horner. And that's just pu- that's putting it bluntly. Um, and everyone knows this. Like, this team goes as Nico Horner goes. And um, I don't know. I could sit here and complain about the lineup tonight some more if you want me to, but nah. I I don't want to. Uh, I just think that the Cubs need to they they need to open their eyes when it comes to you know some roster decisions right now. Do they care about winning games in twenty twenty three or not? That's a big question. Yes, 
maybe just not more than development. Yeah, I, I, I tend right? to, I, I tend I, to I, lean that way that they're where some teams would are a hundred percent in and going and trying to get as many wins as they can. If you know that pushes maybe some other prospects back a little bit of time as in their development, like maybe some teams are willing to risk that right now to win a World Series. I think the Cubs are more in a position where they want to win games. But the focus is on a lot of these guys developing, and if that costs them some games, like the development aspect may just hold a little more water for them right now as, as far as that's what's mo- – I mean, I don't think we expected much different. Like the development was still a really important part of this season, even with an improved roster. Yeah, The so, process doesn't always win. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers. You can trust the process – but it doesn't always win. That doesn't mean you don't trust the process. Yeah. That's what and, the Cubs are saying. And that's I, what, I think that's where we're, we're at where we – it's hard to completely criticize what they're doing right now until we see the the end result of it. Like if they do all this stuff, this whole rebuild, this development year, whatever, and it doesn't lead anywhere, then then it was a waste – I mean kind of a waste of time, right? Um, but Kalata. if it leads somewhere, you never know. Kalata says that's good. We won't Godfather. have to watch this garbage. Godfather. <laughs> I – Again, I just want to watch meaningful games in September. I do not want to do stock up, stock down. I don't think that's off the table. I don't think that's off the table. They just—that's kind of like what I'm saying. Is like we're four, we're four under five hundred right now, and I feel worse. I feel like we're ten under five hundred right now. They got to play one more with the Astros. You got the Phillies this weekend. I know they got the Mets and the Rays coming up. I mean, the Mets haven't they haven't lived up to you know all the money they spent yet. The Phillies, I I'm not I actually feel good going to the Phillies series just because they will have Nico back and uh, they to me they are about as fraudulent as any team in baseball in my eyes. They and, bet old. The Mets bet old. And uh, you know the Rays they're very good, so I'm hoping that they start playing better before that Wrong series. With old. But like I. If they if they hang around five hundred all season, I can live with that. I can live with. That. I just I don't want to be sitting here in June, and this team being 10, 15 under, and like that's what I'm afraid of right now with the way that they played in this series, and how they ended the series with the Twins. I mean, these last four games have been yikes. They've been awful, bro, and uh, I know the injuries. I know. I understand, but it's got to be better than this, man. Matthew says, look at June 2. It's brutal. I will. I was thinking this the other day. Everyone's there, schedule there is brutal, though. There is a point where you you get into the season, and I said April was tough. Mm-hmm. And there are some tough parts of May. Yeah, June, Major League Baseball, like at some <laughs> point I can't blame the schedule. They gotta, yeah. they gotta play teams, and you gotta yeah. be better than this they are. This is what part of the new schedule is, though. Like right? playing everyone, not, we're, you don't get to play the Reds twenty times. Yeah. A year. you don't get to play the Pirates twenty times a year. You don't get to play like the entire AL Central and like no other AL teams. Like yeah. the, how into but and, and Robbie's correct. Interleague plays to be. Robbie's correct. When you play a team like the Reds, you better use it to get right. Yeah. Right. You got to beat the teams like, that you better, should be beating. It was like that A's series that yes, you have uh, didn't to win those. end up lasting, but they went, we told them, or, you know, we said that if you're going to go in there, like that's a horrible team. You have to take you that have to at least out. win two out of three, if not sweep them. Yeah. And they swept them. So like that's, yeah. but then the kind you got to the nationals and they lost three yeah. or four. So there's, right. yeah, there's, and that's why, like why I said last night about not calling up Mervis earlier, just because you, they were playing easier teams and 
you know, now he's going, he's going, I mean, I'm, I'm happy he hit a home run off Christian Javier tonight, but you know, we've seen the ups and downs and I'm not saying if they call up Mervis earlier that they win more games, but I will say that I probably would rather see him in the lineup more than Eric yeah. Hosmer. And so like, that's, that's my point on that. I think it's the point where like, if, if they're going to lose, they might as well lose with Matt Mervis in the lineup and mm-hmm. seeing what, seeing if he improves at all versus Hosmer. Yeah. But I think lineup. everyone who was clamoring that. for him, for Mervis and even Morell, not, I think a, at least a week before or even a week and a half before, I think they're justified considering how the how the team is playing right now. If if they would have got called up earlier, I think the offense probably would have been playing a little bit better, and it's cost the Cubs some games in a way that of the the way that they went about it. I, there's no way to prove it. There's no way to to say that that's correct, but. I think it's I think it's a <coughs> correct way of looking at it at this point. All right, we gotta do who you got. Uh, and Ryan Downs, real quick. Cubs slightly below five hundred by July. Cubs trade Stroman and Belly for a player that will help them next year and beyond. Do you do it? The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> who you got? Depends on who that player is. Who you got? Uh, is updated standings going into it. Uh, I have eleven wins. Ryan has ten. Corey has ten. Cody has eight. Brendan has one. Kevin zero. Joey two. Joey, two and two. We were, I thought we were. Uh, <laughs> we're, 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 probably, we're probably combining the producers. Producers get combined. Uh, today, Cody had Morell. Ryan had Swanson. I had Mervis. Corey had Hap, and Brendan at last minute took Suzuki. I, I don't really see the argument other than Mervis. I, I understand that say at home run, say his home run was completely meaningless. The only time the game was actually debatable is when my guy tied it with a home run, his first in major league history. He also had two hits. Say had well. Say had two hits and yeah. one more RBI. He had one more RBI, but his his home run meant nothing. Well, my vote, say. Well, we know because you're trailing me in the standings. That's not why. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It was more. It's more like the only time the game was actually competitive <laughs> is when my but guy how, tied it. How can you say it's meaningless when Say had been struggling for so long and then he you know he, he had hits a home run. run? He's got. Two and three days. Sure, but that that's like a continuation of like, hey, he's starting to figure it out. You're Barb, give to, it to Stucky. Like what you see. Uh, and you ever going to argue against Barb? Morrell had a double. Vanilla chill. <laughs> Always agree with Luke. Mervis' first career homer. It's going to Mervis for yeah, me. That's I'll give it to Thank Luke. Whatever. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, we're back here for post game tomorrow. Uh, which also, by the way, bring your birthday cards. It's also Cody's birthday tomorrow. And a big, de- big, big deal for CHGO Cubs and in Cubs history. We'll explain more tomorrow. But it the OGs is a, will know. A lot of anniversaries. A lot of anniversaries wow. tomorrow. <laughs> Michael Collada says, throw Luke a bone. Thanks. Appreciate Fine. it. Whatever. Uh, thanks for checking out the CHGO <laughs> Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO. 97 people still in the chat Love after it. an hour. Very much appreciate it. 47, you have hit the like button. Uh, maybe a few more on the way out. We'd appreciate that even more. See you tomorrow. Until then, fly the W.